0: Alrighty guys, welcome back to bro Philosophy. Here we are, we have a new show for you guys today that you're going to love. Before we jump into that show, we want to support the people that support us. So, who supports us? Well, True Protein support us. True Protein are the best supplement company in Australia. Take it from me, there's only... there's only 385 of them and I've tried them all and I've seriously, seriously done the work and I know for a fact, 100% sure 100% 100 take it from me that true protein are the best Um, so if you trust me and you should because as I said, tried them all then go to trueprotein.com.au, use the code BRO at checkout, and you'll get 10% off. We're also brought to you by Yeti. So why is Yeti worth it, guys? They're a premium outdoor brand that's making some serious noise in the Australian marketplace. They're a new standard of coolers, and the two hard cooler models, the Tundra and the Rody, are at the forefront of their mission. Why is a Yeti worth it? It is a high-quality cooler that you'll never have to replace. A freezer-quality gasket and supreme insulation join forces to deliver unmatched heat and ice retention. These coolers have been attacked by bears, chucked out of moving trucks, hit by semis, dropped out of planes, and are still game for more. Sounds like they would probably beat Superman in a fight. And... They have a five-year warranty on all co- on all cores, providing proof that the product lives up to customer's expectations. So, Yeti became a, a, a partner of ours because I work from a co-working space that Yeti worked from, and I'm good buddies with um, the head of Australia uh, and the marketing guy in Australia also, just good guys. And the company is so amazing, that they've just hit the shores in Australia and New Zealand. Um, They've been operating in the US for years and years and years, and they're rapidly, rapidly growing and can't keep up with uh, with the pace of their growth because the product is so good. How do products grow? Marketing is a way to promote a really great product and make it grow faster. Marketing doesn't do it all for you. You have to have a fantastic product, and Yeti are growing at bonkers rates because their product is just a 10 out of 10. So, if you want coolers, guys, outdoor gear, um, anything outdoor, then head to au.yeti.com forward slash bro and check out their range. Lastly, this show is brought to you by Athena. So, what is Athena, guys? So, Athena is basically a way for small business to scale their team to help them get more time back in their life and more money in their bank account. So how would we do that? So in business, not all tasks are created equal. So in all small business, there's a lot of tasks that are of administrative nature, repetitive nature, um, stuff that's not on the absolute top priority list of the the key drivers that are going to move the business forward, but they need to be done every week. So what we do is we find extremely talented freelancers, and we plug them into our clients' businesses to help them, really take the things off their plate so they can focus on the higher value tasks. That's not all we do though. We also recruit uh, specialists for specialist roles. So if you want a, uh, an audio video, sorry, an audio video producer, if you want an SEO writer, if you want someone who's worked in HR, if you want an inventory manager, if you want an Amazon e-commerce um, weapon, then we can find them. We've got them ready to go waiting. So um, working with us is going to, cut your costs locally of, uh, of hiring somebody locally for um, by probably one third or one quarter of the price and that's what small businesses need small business is basically or entrepreneurs I should say are the people that are trying to change the world shape the world that we live in trying to do things better and it's bloody hard you know businesses fail all the time they fail within their first year most of them and And we're out to make sure that that doesn't happen. We're we're out to support small business, support the people that are trying to, you know, shape the world that we live in. And we're able to do that by giving them a cost-effective, awesome team member to help them scale. So, if you want 20 hours free of virtual assistant services, I actually hate the term virtual assistant, but for lack of a better term, if you want 20 hours free with a a team member through Athena, head to athena.co, that's A-T-H-Y-N-A, Use the code BRO when you inquire, and uh, we'll go from there. Anyway, guys, here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Discovery Roger, go for deploy.
1: Where can we go?
0: Are we alone in the universe? What is the future of the human race? i with me if you want to live.
2: I did. Giggity that girl. Giggity, giggity giggity.
1: Giggity A high-powered mutant of some kind, never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live. Too rare to die.
0: So Alrighty, well, we may as well just uh, start us off now, Tommy. Uh, let's uh, let's hit it up with Tommy's tribute. Beautiful. Serenade me.
2: Serenade. I was certainly will. So, for everyone at home, I've chosen Single Ladies uh, because we all know uh, the famous Instagram video that you put up, mate. Geez, I got a lot of love, didn't it? It's it did, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I, a
1: little like I posted it and then flew overseas, and the next day it was a little bit gangbusters. Yeah, that's right. Alrighty, so here we go. It's a it's a one chord song.
2: My singing is atrocious by the way That's <laughs> alright, you know This is
1: the first time a man has sat opposite me on a couch yeah, and sung to me. Right. So, Alright, here we go <laughs> All
2: the single ladies All the single ladies All the single ladies Now put your hands up Walking to the gym Doing your own thing We're speaking to your man today <laughs> He's got all the tats He's got all the abs I bet you're happy he isn't gay <laughs> Wanna know how he trains And I'll how he play. maintains A fitness level like he does Cause he's back at the games To reignite the flames forgetting fucking tons of girls' names
0: <laughs> Cause if you want him then You
2: should give him a like on the gram Even though I'm not really sure He is a single man But it doesn't really matter Do the best you can If you're a single lady You really should be getting the tan To get with Con Con, 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 Con Con, 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 Con Con, 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 Welcome to the show.
1: I am absolutely chuffed with that, gentleman. That's the Beautiful. first time anyone has, that I'm aware of, yeah. written a song about me, yeah. and that was unreal, fellas. Really, yeah. really good stuff. <laughs> that was well, mate. Bet you happy he isn't gay for yeah. all the single ladies out there. <laughs>
2: Allegedly, I heard he was. Yeah. That was one of your one one be better ones. I know. Oh, as I said, man, I was half pissed when I
0: wrote it. Um, you no, know, I can't remember who showed me... Um, Jen, this chick was on one of our AdventureFit trips, said, there's some really cute uh, CrossFitters in Australia, but it's a shame that they're gay. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean, Jen? And she goes, oh, you know, what's his name? He's, he's, uh, he went to the CrossFit Games. Um, Khan Khan someone I'm like yeah. I don't know if Khan Porter's gay she goes no no he is look look he is he is and she showed me a photo of you and your mates in your budgie yeah, smugglers like right. all, all <laughs> hugging, embracing yeah. I'm like nah I think that's a piss take, Jen nah, but nah. who knows really
2: masculine dudes what? in Australia do
1: that <laughs> yeah no I think like I like to leave it a little ambiguous I'm not gay but at the same time I think someone posted on Twitter last year Words to that effect, like oh, you know, super upset that Khan Porter is gay or something like that. And I remember writing back, I was like, I'm actually not, (laughs) but I make no apologies for um, leading that impression. If anything, that's a compliment. Thank you. That's right. And then all these people were just like, that's great, it's a great idea. Sort of like mentality to have. Operation Make Khan Gay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how successful they're going to be. I'm actually uh, very straight.
0: (laughs) Very straight. We'll definitely go into that later. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: So Khan. Thanks for coming on the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your history. Um, Tell us about Carl Porter.
1: That's a very broad question. My history. um, I guess I got into CrossFit about four years ago. I was working full-time as a journo in my final year of university, studying comms with a major in journalism. And um, I would always play different sports, I guess, from the time I was a kid. My parents used to make me play sport growing up. And I was just training to keep fit and healthy. And then I saw CrossFit... Uh, I was introduced to it at a Globo gym and kind of saw it as a means of, I guess, competing with myself and with all these people all over the world that were posting these scores from these workouts. And it really appealed to my competitive nature and I figured, you know, it's something that I can just do recreationally and get as good as I want to get at it. And as long as I'm getting better and better and better, then that's kind of cool. And then I saw the CrossFit Games. Pardon me, I'm probably going to (laughs) burp. It was a bad idea to drink a beer while we are doing this. Um, And then I kind of saw the games in that and thought oh you know i wouldn't mind giving this a go so I, so I found myself in a full-time job with a disposable income for the first sort of time in my life and a gym opened up near the home uh walked in and pretty much this was like yes yeah, wait i'm gonna go to uh hey i want to do crossfit i want to do crossfit games and, and like probably start with regionals and i remember like <laughs> obviously that's the, as you do the gym <laughs> you know, yeah, like, ah okay we'll see we'll see how you go but yeah. um I think like a couple of weeks in, I had a two twenty Fran done, like and dusted. so sort of once I learned how to do butterfly pull ups properly, and yeah, I kind of picked everything up pretty quick. Yeah. And I'm just that kind of competitive person where if I sort of if I want to win something, like, I, like that's kind of it. like I have to, and if I don't, I will beat myself up over it to the point where I figure out what did I do wrong and how can I make myself better in that way and mm-hmm. and fix that. And that, yeah, and then I don't know. I've been working full time. Uh, writing and then that kind of I had a contract and that contract and finished up and then I found myself sort of immersed in the coaching world and came to a realization that I I really loved I guess more than anything I guess the community aspect of CrossFit that it built this entire kind of uh, yeah this like group of people with all sort of similar interests and it became such a huge part of the people's lives who did it to the extent that I was doing it. And that led me to set up this gym sort of a week before I made regionals for the first time. And Mm -hmm. then I think we were talking about it earlier, made regionals and placed 10th Mm. sort of almost sort of seven, eight months into CrossFit. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, if I really knuckle down with this, I can potentially have a decent, decent crack at it. And yeah, the next year qualified for the games. um, And that kind of changed the scope of what I was doing with running my own facility and, sort of shifted focus more towards I guess an athletic career if you'll call it that um, within the CrossFit space mm-hmm. uh, which has kind of come full circle now to the point where I am um, I guess yeah now looking for what's sort of beyond the athletic side of things say later lads um, and sort of exploring all those sorts of things yeah cool. at this point in time mm.
0: cool so we'll take it back right to the start I mentioned uh, I heard you mention that your parents made you play sport Yeah. Were you, were you a sporty kid? Like, what do you mean? It's not a not way that you'd like normally phrase negative,
1: it. Not in a negative way. That probably, the phrasing came out probably wrong. Not in a negative way. It just didn't push you to be athletic and trial parents. everything. Well, it was, you know, rather than have us sit inside and play video games and stuff like that, I was always like, particularly when I was younger, I was quite a chubby kid and also like could be a little socially awkward so my parents kind of had this whole it was it was more more about getting us out of the house and teaching us that you had to you know be active and that, that yep. being, having an active lifestyle was just a part of life so they'd put us into these team sports and stuff and summer and winter we had to do one we had to do something that was physically active because it was good for you yep. and that Makes was sense. kind of I guess what, it wasn't like it was a negative thing. I, I luckily, you know, it took me a little while, but then I really took to the sports that I participated in. It used to be, it was pretty much footy all winter and then surf lifesaving all summer. So and
0: footy, then, you mean, uh, you mean rugby, rugby union? Rugby union, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha.
1: And I played uh like a New South Wales country level and schools level in rugby and was competing at like a national level surf lifesaving as well. Um, and that was all, yeah, I mean, that was good fun and it did, it taught me that, you know, because I am a competitive person and I wanted to do well at them, that kind of gave me this drive and it taught me the importance of training. And it's interesting as well. I think it's funny like uh, becoming a bit of a sort of, I don't know, starting to read into more things like you know, everything happens for a reason and there's all this sort of stuff. But I remember at primary school when I was less sort of sportingly inclined, I used to really pursue wanting to be – you know, I I had a real keen interest in the academic side of things and I Mm -hmm. tried really hard at school and I sat a test and got into a selective high school for academic like an academic high school and then went there and I went to this very small primary school where there were only a handful of kids in the grade and I actually then once I got into this academic school, it was this kind of big fish in a little pond going to be this like little fish in a big pond where there were all these like genius level kids and I was just so overshadowed when it came to the academic side of things that I went, all right, well, I'm going to kind of go down the you know, avenue of sport because I've always played sport. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of go down that avenue and that's going to be my thing that I mm. can really put my attention into. And then, yeah, that's where I guess I developed a passion for, I guess, fitness and training from.
0: Yeah, but that makes sense. I suppose you're always going to kind of gravitate to, it's human nature to gravitate to something that you feel like you can excel at. You know what I mean? Everyone, wants to, everyone wants to end the day, um, you know, family, successful and achieved things. You mm-hmm. know, you want to set your, your mind to something and, and go out and achieve it. So, that's great. So, you were so – but you were working in journalism. So, from school, you studied to so be a journalist. That was your plan uh, or
1: nah, – No. So, from school, I've uh, – like my head What runs at 100 mile an hour and I always have like a different idea and I'm always doing 10 million things at once and it's kind of been that way for as long as I can remember – and i sort of finished high school and kind of really wanted to travel but then kind of didn't i was seeing a girl at the time and she was at uni so i was like fuck i'm going to go to you there he's already dropped my first flight <laughs> <laughs> then you i was the like fuck I'm out of there we go <laughs> so i'm going to go to uni and so i went to uni and i was studying criminology and i got it like i got into that started studying that I'm not entirely sure what I wanted to do I think I'd been watching a lot of CSI at that point in time good and then I'm like, good show <laughs> really hey. good. back in the day the original that oh, CSI I, my I my love my gangster book, I used to have
2: fucking panic attacks about that show It <laughs> freak
1: me out just dead bodies Yeah, right. I know but it was like and for some reason because it was new everyone's parents were like no it's okay I know that you're a child and this is quite graphic but because this is a new show and everyone's into it you can watch it <laughs> yeah. so it's in there going fuck I mean, I'm like, oh, these people get killed all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah no so we um that was that was the I lasted all of six months there and was like why the fuck are you at university you hated school at the end and all you wanted to do was go surfing so dropped out of uni and I was lifeguarding full time I uh, was lifeguarding at the time professionally and so
0: what is just so before we go on what does lifeguarding pay pays well if you're a full time yeah I
1: mean but it was only seven months of the year that I'd work so I'd yeah, worked right. from September through to say end of April yep. Uh, early May even I think it's usually the Anzac Day weekend we'd finish up yep. um, so I'd work yeah I'd work that stint in time and it was a pretty good hourly rate for a young guy that's still living at home and that sort of stuff so I had for money sure.
0: and sick lifestyle Definitely. too I was sick mm. and
1: then I'd finish we'd go to Bali every year i go to Bali go surfing in the off season but kind of that life I guess the nature of person that I am is I get very stale and very stagnant very quickly and that fucks with my head a lot and so I found myself, like that was cool for kind of a year. And mm-hmm. then I found myself in a bit of a rut, like I guess sort of um, mentally, because I, I felt that I was just completely understimulated. And mm-hmm. so I started, which I still do, um, just spending hours and hours and hours reading about fitness and training mm. and that sort of thing. And that became like this kind of passion of mine, particularly when I was, I mean, in the off season, when I wasn't overseas. Effectively, did not have a job. I was living off money that I would save in the season. So I'd wake up at like whatever, whatever, whenever I wanted to, and kind of all I had to do in a day was maybe go and work out, and so I'd go and work out, and then I'd spend hours at my computer. I'd listen to podcasts, I'd read things. Sounds like a, videos, really like a
0: really fucking good life. gig. Yeah, <laughs> well, it does. But I'll at like the same
1: it. time, I found myself, I said, as I said, I found myself completely understimulated by that lifestyle, and then uh, made the decision to move to Sydney. So where uh, were you at this stage? I am still on the Central Coast that's where I grew up. Gotcha. Mm. And yeah, I sort of moved to Sydney and um, thought I'd pursue, maybe pursue a career in the fitness industry but uh, I dipped my toe in that world and hated it so much mm. that I was like adamant that I was never going to work in that industry. Mm. Such Some a, of it sucks, hey? It's such a fucked industry? man. Yeah. Like there's so much, it's, oh, I don't know, could talk for hours. I actually, so how um, much I do, I actually think felt wrong ve- with it, but, very,
0: very much the same. I was always wanted something in the fitness industry and then, I don't actually CrossFit anymore. Mm. Adventure Fit just engulfed my life, and then competitively, I'm a weightlifter. Tommy loves it when I say that because I say it every show. Every them. single show. <laughs> what, what are you a game up? What are you doing? I'm a, I'm a weightlifter. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Get around it. But, Pick up things off the ground. But in all seriousness, though, until I found CrossFit, I didn't like the fitness industry either. Mm. I literally thought mm. this niche. I found it, and I was like, wow, this actually fucking works. The community aspect is awesome, and it. You know, that's when I actually entered the fitness industry.
1: Well, I don't necessarily think this. I mean, this is where like those CrossFit purists out there probably shoot me for this, but I don't necessarily think it's CrossFit so much as just, I guess, the advancement of the fitness industry at the time that I kind of dipped my toes in was still completely overrun by this mentality that bodybuilding and figure modeling and stuff like that was how you trained. You did Mm. four sets of 10 and you supersetted everything and that's how you got it. And I was like, this is fucked. I don't want to be this big hulking Dude, and I don't want to be working in an industry where you're kind of put on this godlike pedestal if you are this ripped up, 100 sort of massive human, yeah. even if you have no concept of, of how to actually train someone. Yeah, have you right. been to
0: the Health and Fitness Expos before? You do. You yeah, competed. Yeah, I've been down there a few oh, times. So, we've done the Adventure Fit, have been there a couple of times, and the ones that we haven't set up a store at, we've just, I've gone there and walked around. The Health and Fitness Expo <laughs> in Melbourne and Sydney is the furthest fucking thing from Health and yeah. Fitness. Like you're looking at extremes. Figure modeling for for mine, I don't like it at all. I really can't get my head around it. Bodybuilding on the other su- the other side, powerlifting. Like, it's not fitness. And you not saying that
1: because there's no weightlifting there, though.
0: There is weightlifting. <laughs> there is weightlifting, weightlifting, <laughs> weightlifting. There's there there weightlifting that Rob was running. Yeah,
1: I've been to the one with Rob. Like, pretty good friends. Like, Rob's a good mate of mine, and I went down and hosted with him the last one that he ran, and it was just like an intermediate one. But he ran like a like an actual sort of invitational one last year that was pretty sick. But um. Yeah, right, but I think there is a paradigm shift occurring. Today I had a meeting this morning with the head of fitness in New South Wales for Fitness First Clubs yep. about going in and doing him asking me. It's quite a funny story. I was sitting at a coffee shop having breakfast. And so this guy walked past and I saw him kind of double take and then back around in and I was like, Oh what's this what's this guy's deal? Yeah. So he came up, he's like, Khan. I was like, Yeah and he's like, You may not remember me but I sat next to you uh, at this health and fitness expo, we got chatting. I've actually been meaning to get a hold of you. i fitness manager at fitness first and would you be interested in coming in and doing some seminars and some workshops like upskilling our pts on i guess functional fitness training from your perspective and i was like fuck that's a pretty massive kind of shift for fitness first to be kind of approaching someone that has particularly someone with no you know no interest in fitness first the brand or working at fitness first but Mm. yeah so i sort of thought that was pretty cool um it's good that they're to open that to occurring. that sort of training. Yeah, exactly right. Because they're the know, majority still, you know, of the industry
0: as well, really. Well, CrossFit's yeah. the minority of the yeah, industry right. and functional yeah. fitnesses. Yeah. But you're
2: right about that paradigm shift. I mean, you know, you have to look at the the past couple of health and fitness expos and there's definitely a lot more people just watching and seeing what the CrossFitters do mm. as opposed to, I mean, they still, there were still huge crowds at the bodybuilding and the sculpting and all that sort of stuff. But people are starting to sort of have a look at, you know, what all these uh, tattooed ripped people are doing. <laughs> it's good. Me definitely being one of them.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, so so all right. So let's go into. So you've finished your uh, finished your studies, your journalism. Then you've started competing in CrossFit, I suppose. Yeah. What um, at what point did you realise? Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna really take this seriously. Obviously, you said your first your first crack at it, you kind of made regionals. I suppose after that point, was it like right? I'm gonna upskill well, my f- game. I'm gonna I'm yeah, gonna try and hit it harder tenth, now.
1: When I finished tenth that first year, I think looking back on that, if I looked at You know, I didn't deadlift at all because I had a back injury and I'd been told because that was kind of what you were told at the time by doctors and sports professionals. Don't deadlift because that will hurt your back more. So I hadn't deadlifted in that workout, came up with 21-15-9 heavy deadlifts. So I was already fucked in. And I was like, well, okay, maybe if you deadlift for a bit, you might have been able to go better in that workout. So there's a bit of an improvement there. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how to do muscle-ups without a false grip. So I was like, if you can actually learn to do a proper keeping muscle-up without a false grip, that's probably going to help you as well. Uh, so there's another event that you could have gone better on and improved your like, your placing. And I think I kind of saw that there were just so many holes in my game as an athlete um, that I was, st- and I was still able to place where I did. That I thought, you know what? If you actually learn the, like refine the skills, if you will, and have yourself that you're a lot more rounded next year. You're already pretty fit. Pardon me again. You're already pretty fit. You're already pretty good at most. What is of that the beer you're g- drinking, mate? Stone <laughs> and Wood. Nice yeah. little Stone wood. Yeah, it's good. Oh, it's that good. Yeah. I don't know if Stone and Wood. I assume Stone and Wood's listening to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I right. Are, yeah. Well, they are. W- w-
0: Stonewood.com. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if
1: there is anyone from Stone and Wood out here, I drink a lot of your beer. And if you would look, like to send me a couple of free cases. I'm not going to turn it down.
0: Stone and Wood, hashtag Stone and yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, Wouldn't it be great? When is beer going to start sponsoring athletes? Probably never. <laughs> you been. should sponsor
2: You can be the first, fitness. mate things shouldn't they I reckon that'd be good because well, you can just go oh yeah we like to relax just as so much as we want to exactly play
1: exactly right and at every every single competition that I go to and I'm not sure if this is just because I'm at those competitions there is always some sort of after event I wish there is beer
0: consumed probably selling for you mate and I'm that kind <laughs> of beer consumed right. can't hey. are hey. are to... you, you sponsored by um, a games a gaming company
1: uh, it's not a sponsorship I have an agent and she's fantastic and she has got me a kind of a set up with Ubisoft and yeah. so Ubisoft the gaming company they'll uh, I've done a couple of campaigns for them now and it's like I guess a specific for sponsorship it's more I just do campaigns for them based around them releasing a new game and me coming up with a workout for that game
0: and that's sick. Then right. they come
1: and shoot you know me doing that workout etc cetera, etc cetera, and you know take some photos of me playing the game it's actually mm. kind of cool because it's is like cool. neat little it's kind paycheck. of like
0: um, yeah like kind of crossing over to the mainstream a little bit as well because mm. that's a lot of people that wouldn't have seen a CrossFit 2 A and two, or A and B. A and B, preferably. That's all right. We can mix it up. We can mix it up. We don't discriminate between numbers or letters on this show. I like to keep you guys. Show for everybody. That's how we do things. But um, what's in that water, mate? Is that
2: stone wood in that water? No. <laughs>
0: <Let's go. Yeah. laughs> right, let's go back to all right, so you're so you're you're competing at this stage <laughs> I love a tangent. Yeah. I'm so good, <laughs> no, are that. I get the feeling that's not the first at all. No, there's <laughs> gonna oh, be some serious tangents. I get the feeling that's not the first. Come on. Anyway, I can't. so at that point when you you've started the regionals, what what was your training look like? How many hours a day and then when you decided if this
1: is leading up to my first regionals or from the first regionals?
0: Yeah, uh, Leading up to the first regionals? Is it just one what just just regular? No,
1: I was basically just training as much as I could. I would, uh, it was kind of that period in time where outlaws programming was seen as the pinnacle of what you were meant to do because apparently you needed to be really, really good at all the Olympic lifts to be able to be good at CrossFit. So I actually devoted a shit ton of time to getting my snatch and my clean and jerk better. And then at regionals, there was neither the snatch nor the clean and jerk, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Um, So that was kind of, that made up a huge, because I'd never Olympic lifted. I'd never strength trained. At per se when I started CrossFit. I'd never done, you know, like uh, back squatter twice a week and then snatched and clean and yep. jerked. You know, I learned those movements. I walked into a CrossFit gym and I could kind of just reef 80 kilos off the floor in a snatch and land in this bizarre starfish position, which I still kind of end up in when I'm snatching <laughs> yeah. heavy and I'm going power, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I just had this. So that was, that was a lot of my training. And then I just love working out, man. I just love doing Metcons. Mm-hmm. And at this point in time, I wasn't one of those all beat up, haggard, old CrossFit guys. They would call me an old CrossFit guy now um, <laughs> that has, you know, creaky knees and elbow tendonitis, like tendonitis and has to kind of manage their injuries. I was young and I was I was new to the sports. I just trained, dude. I just mm. go, there's no reason that I can't go 21, 9 calories on a roller and burpees now. There's no reason that I can't do that. It's not going to leave me beat up. It's not going to tax me. There's no reason that I can't. And I think these kind of mentalities that I had... Around training have really shaped the way that I've kind of packaged up what I do, I guess now, which is the methodology to my uh, the method behind my training, which is again, effectively what I've packaged up when I when I do my online coaching and when I do the seminars and stuff, and why I have this, I guess uh, replicate like you know this model that can be replicated that I can go and pitch to companies like Fitness First and stuff like that, because there is a, there is a system to what I'm doing. But at that point in time, it was just get get, get training in, man. Just train yep. as much as you can. And and anytime I do classes and stuff, and it's basically if I was in a class, I had to scale up the workout and I had to win. And that was just the mentality that I had. And mm. so that was just this scattergun approach and it paid off as it did. But then after regionals, I kind of started to structure things more and I started to work with a coach, um, Drew Griffith, who's Coach RX, who's mm-hmm. on the Gold Coast. And he's yep. great. I'm still great, good friends with Drew. Um, he coaches Tia, so like yeah. relative, okay. relatively yeah. successful. Yeah, coaches Olympians. some chick named Tia Claire Toomey, that maybe the second fittest woman in the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe going to Rio. In, yeah, and, and fit, he's like also an be.
1: Olympian now? Yeah. Yeah, what a which freak is, oh, athlete, oh, is man! It's so insane. Cool. You know, Dude, my, my uh, the sport in general, and it's great for Australian CrossFit too.
0: Mm. One of my mates said the other day uh, in, the, in my weightlifting club said he wasn't happy with the fact that Tia was going to the games because she's not weightlifting isn't her number one sport. And I was like, "Why don't you look at it as in don't how i say I'm sucked in?" <laughs> like, yeah, It's well, awesome. But uh, what about how? How about what an athlete to be mm, that good, good and that, be able yeah. to make yourself an that's Olympian wrong. as well as the CrossFit? I go oh, to the CrossFit
1: Games in a couple of weeks later, go and lift at the Olympics. A <laughs> couple of weeks after last did, year's CrossFit she, Games, I couldn't lift myself she off she the floor. Did, she did it
0: last year too. She went to the games, came second, and then two weeks later, sh- or two weeks prior, she went to the. Um, it wasn't the Olympics, obviously, but it was the Pan pacifics is it yeah no, okay. the um the austral whatever the Australasian games and she yeah. came second there i think mm. and it was a fucking international weightlifting meet it's insane it's a freak, it's a freak
1: athlete absolute freak anyway freak yeah, <laughs> yeah right. so i was working so i was working with drew and um like we just the biggest thing was one we started to do a lot more refining but we started to systemize how we i guess progressed every facet of fitness so whether it was my skills, whether it was my strength, whether it was my conditioning, it wasn't just that kind of, you know, I couldn't do a kipping muscle up. So I kind of spent, sorry, I sort of, just after regionals, I sort of spent about 12 weeks on my own before I started working with the coach going, I want to bring all these skills up to par until I feel like I'm, I'm sort of a bit more rounded Then I'll go with the coach. And So one of the things was, right, well, I can do zero like kipping muscle up. I can do one kipping muscle up with a non-false grip Cool. I'll do one keeping muscle up every minute for 10 minutes and then mm-hmm. the next week's like okay now I'll do two for as many minutes as I can link them together and then I'll just go back to one yep. and I was like sweet I can do three I can do four I can do five sweet I've got to five five keeping muscle ups every minute for 10 minutes so sweet like my muscle ups are now significantly better mm. and I'm pretty confident that I can do them with without a false grip so let's look at the next skills that I need to do I, start, I did a deadlift program um, the, the boys at the gym actually just did the exact same deadlifting program that I put myself on which was based off there's this I was looking around at different sort of three-day-a-week lifting programs and there's one called the Russian Squat Program. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if I can do this with deadlifts. And I did. And I got like epic, epic, epic results from that. My ability to deadlift just turned from me not being able to deadlift at all to within, you know, it's like a six-week program. Six weeks later, my deadlift was you know pretty, pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, obviously, i had been pulling from the floor with the snatch and the clean and jerk, but I just hadn't devoted time. And then I started working with mm. Drew though and we sort of went into the, so, and he was great, like phenomenal for my for my training, having some structure and having someone I was accountable to. Um, and then I went and did Schwartz's and I placed quite well at Schwartz's. I think I placed fifth. Uh, again, still with things that, they tested a max handstand hold. I'd never tried to hold a handstand. I competed before. that,
0: Schwartz's actually. Did you? Yeah, because I remember the max handstand hold in two minutes yeah, in the square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could walk yeah. around and I could I fairly walk. I thought you said you were a
1: weightlifter. Yeah, <laughs> hang on a second. We're starting to batch Hang you. <laughs> hang on. No, but he also doesn't discriminate between his numbers and his letters. He doesn't discriminate between his yeah, right. and weightlifters. Very true, yeah. A jack of all trades. Yeah. <laughs> A2. And um, that's the quote of the episode I think. Yeah. a, two. a or 2. Yeah. I feel like I've done that so many it's times. That's it's probably,
0: probably the dumbest before. thing I've said on the, a, on the on the podcast. That's not a spoonerism, it, is it? That's a not a, that's not a called spoonerism, a, spoonerism, a spoonerism, is it?
2: Yeah. A spoonerism. Spooner? No, is not it like a spoonerism like when you do that or not? no. I, that's the first yeah, time I've heard so. the word spoonerism. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. I, oh man.
0: Let's, uh, we'll, we'll, let's, we'll let's not yeah. do a yeah. tangent about Spoonerism. No, no, I'm genuinely intrigued as to what Spoonerism at the
1: means. <laughs> um, you look that up while we get back to <laughs> Schwartz's. But so, yeah, I, I think I placed fifth at that Schwartz's competition. But again, there was like a bunch of things that he tested there that I'd never really done before. And I also uh, still do had a massive issue with pacing. I didn't know how to pace workouts. Yep. I would just go out guns blazing get really excited. and just hold on and that doesn't work when you're versing people like Rob Forte who's paced who's the master of pacing workouts you're like why was I beating him by so much and now he's ahead of me mm. um, but it was a, it was a massive confidence boost to be sitting you know up there with the big dogs at that event you know beating some of the boys in some of the events as well mm-hmm. so then going into regionals 2014 I 100% did not think I was going to make the games I had no aspirations to make the games the programming came out. They had a handstand walk for max distance. I sucked on my hands. And I remember thinking, okay, what people are going to get maybe one length of the thing. Someone that's really good will be able to walk one length. Yep. We were the second week. And I remember watching the first week and looking at the numbers and being like, this doesn't make sense. Like, there's got to be how are they scoring this? That can't be how far they've walked in total. That's like three lengths that people yeah. are doing unbroken. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized that was. Well, I went and watched the workouts. I was like, I'm fucked. Like, I'm so <laughs> fucked. I'm, I'm not going to make a. Full that's length the one that killed room. Sam Briggs
0: too. Yeah, that did. Yeah. Isn't it? that's right.
1: And I was. I think I came thirtieth in that. So I mean, I, and I pr'd my hand, so I made like a yeah. hundred foot. So I almost made a full length. And um, I think i was sitting nineteenth after that. And as I said, just no no part of me thought I was going to go to the game. So Drew just sort of said, I'll make sure you win. Um, The next one, it was that nasty girls. And weirdly, because I'm not anymore, so I've had that many knee injuries. I was really good at pistols when I started CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And it was just, you know, a pistol workout and pistols and muscle-ups. Obviously I've been working my muscle-ups heaps. And yeah, I was able to win that and it pushed me up into sixth. And I kind of looked at the rest of the workouts for the weekend and thought, like I'm not too bad at any of this sort of stuff here. Like, you know, I, I could, could give this a crack Mm. and then yeah i mean overhead squats i suck but they were the final workout um and i just had to sort of hold like do that mistake free and yeah when i qualified for the games that year i was pretty blown away like i kind of didn't expect it and i loved it like it was awesome it kind of changed my scope a little bit and then all of a sudden um for better or worse i started to define myself as as an athlete and that was kind of what I wanted, I guess, to pursue was, was was an athletic career. And it became, you know, from a pipe dream to a, to a reality that there was this potential for me to do that. And, um, yeah. So,
2: mm. cool, cool. You, I just wanted to ask before, yeah, you mentioned you said you had um, a lot of knee injuries. How is your body managing now? And, like, how do you, how do you take that, I guess, new approach to managing your body
1: going into this year's? Touch camp? wood. This is probably the best my body's been in quite some time. Um, I still have, like you know, knee issues that flare up here and there. I had a tear, like tore my patella tendon last year. Well, not a full tear, but a partial tear. in My patella tendon uh, from the games last year. Yep. And that kind of took me until, I wasn't really squatting until sort of mid-January this year. And I was only training, I think, one of the best things that ever happened to me was being so banged up after the games that it really stopped me. I couldn't train as much. And I was sort of only training like three full days a week uh, I guess up until the end of the open. I mean, right through the open and stuff as All well. Right. I was
0: mm-hmm. training
1: full, like three full days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, then I'd swim on a Tuesday with some of the boys from the gym and I would then maybe do like a Metcon on the Saturday. But I wouldn't, you know, it would depend. if I went out Friday night, I wouldn't train Saturday, but I would just train, mm-hmm. train yep. Saturday morning and um, that kind of more chilled approach to my volume particularly and... I was so limited in what I could do. Like I was just a lot of assault bike, a lot of rowing and stuff and a lot of skill work. And um, yeah, that, that, that period of lower volume did wonders for my body combined with the fact that I work with uh, Balance Health and Performance. that's just a blatant plug right there. That's what that was. But they're actually fantastic. Nick from Balance is really, really good. He and I, I've been seeing him twice a week. Uh, seeing him in a professional manner yeah, twice that's a week, right. every yeah. week he's not gay okay. to, he's not gay he's not gay he's not all the single ladies you remember yeah, that? yeah so we've been I've been going there twice a week and seeing him and some of the other people there and it's great like it, um, that sort of consistent treatment has, uh, combined with the lower volume and just smarter training man. I think yep. I've just gotten smarter with you know CrossFit's an evolving sport and my approach to training and my approach to how to train effectively has changed uh, to meet the demands of that sport and yeah it's just it just sees my body in a better position now particularly Mm. in the lead up to the games I was pretty broken going into the games last few
2: years it's uh, it's funny when we spoke to Rob he said that this year or this season he's had probably more days off than he's ever had and he feels like he's in a better place than Mitch Cinnamon as well yeah Mitch we, said that as well didn't we he?
0: interviewed Mitch Cinnamon, who's obviously trained at Schwartz's for yeah. a good portion of his training career and you know there's so many people that have spent five or six hours a day training mm-hmm. but Mitch is, he's been in that period and then now he's back to kind of one good two hour session he'll break that up sometimes so he'll just squat he'll do an hour then he'll do some Recovery Something stuff, and, and then yeah. he'll do another hour. Loves and he's getting his recovery
2: stuff. Yeah. And Loves he just sauna, his flotation. Tanks. Oh, he just qualified
0: to the games for the first time. So, yeah. what does it look like now for you? Then, after years of experience, after how old are you now? Twenty six. Twenty six. So, a couple of extra years in the body. Obviously, um, I'm thirty. I know it actually changes. Like twenty two, I could do anything. Seventeen, yeah. I used to play three or four games of footy, school footy, in a week. Oh, a yeah, it's crazy. You play
1: three or four games of footy in a day.
0: Yeah, no shit. It wouldn't it wouldn't affect you at all. And then. Now it's totally different. I'm 30. It's different. I know You're how it changes. Mate. So how for you does it? Does it? How, how does it look now? Volume wise. Um? I mean, I, I just, I just
1: honestly just go. I feel like I work with Justin, who I know you guys interviewed as well, Kotler, and He sends me programming, which I stick to. I don't know. I guess I say maybe it's like 60%. Yep. 50-60%. But then I'll also just go by feel. If I have if uh, Monday this week I trained like three times, did like seven workouts and just felt awesome all yep. day, so I did that. Today I feel like shit. Like I told you guys when I came and I just finished up a workout. I squatted terribly. I did five rounds of a seven round workout, like interval workout and didn't feel that great. I'll, I'll gauge it if I feel decent this afternoon, I might do another Metcon, but it will be just like 10 minutes of Metcon, movements that aren't going to hurt me, mm-hmm. movements that aren't going to tax my central nervous system, and my joints. And it's just that kind of intuitive training now as well um, becomes so important to being able to, I guess, yeah, stay functional. And that's that's the biggest difference now is I, yeah, training that sort of intuitive training, I guess, more than
0: anything else. So when you say stay functional, Obviously, like rehab and looking after your body is a pretty big part of it as well, especially when you are right at the top of CrossFit, for example, because it's so hard on your body, so much volume. So what do you do for um, keeping your body supple, keeping your, uh, keeping your your ability to back it up in the gym? What do you do? What are your practices that you so like to get up to? So I'm kind of blessed
1: and cursed with hypermobility through a lot of my joints,
0: mm-hmm. um, that
1: I mean it's great for some things it's great for the fact that if you I could roll out of bed first thing in the morning barefoot and hop down to the bottom of a pistol but yep. it's also terrible and I can do the splits not really <laughs> pretty close to it um, but it's also side or front t- pardon side or front side
2: the yeah, practical good. way the good way the only the good way. way the only way
1: the only way that counts that's right um, but I can also, but then it also means that I lack control at the end range in most range, in most movements. Mm-hmm. So for me, if you watch when I do really heavy jerks or cleans or snatches and stuff, I often look quite wobbly, Yep. Uh, which is because those joints, you know, for me, if I'm overhead and my arm is slightly in front of my head, I don't really get a stretch sensation until it's kind of almost completely turned around full exorcist style at the back yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Um, So I'm kind of, you know, I've gotten a lot better at working on those stability type things, and that kind of causes a puts a lot of stress on the joints. So I don't necessarily do a a a huge amount of, I guess, like your typical mobility, because a lot of that is almost counterproductive for me. Yeah. Um, I've taken to I do do a fair bit of static stretching now. Um, my buddy Matt uh, Healy, he started static stretching and was telling me how good it felt, and so I've just started a lot more static stretching in the areas that I'm not super mobile through. Um, But then do a lot of sort of the more activation, stabilization and stuff like that. But then, oh man, just I relax. Like I just, Mm. I think for me, the biggest thing that I need to work on recovery wise is my mind. like getting that to sort of chill out and stop. And it's something that I like have like full clinical issues with, but I'm able to kind of like, I've taken particularly the last few months, just, just getting out of the gym not putting pressure on myself when it comes to training doing training intuitively rather than what i have to do on a piece of paper absolutely doing what feels good rather than what like um you know oh fuck my leg you know my legs are still getting back to where they used to be because i didn't squat from you know, august through to january uh but Instead of being stressed about that and consistently starting these hectic squat programs that three days in would leave my knees banged up. I'm just like, well, if you can't squat that good at the games, guess what? You're not gonna do that great in the squat events. Like if you get a little bit better at squatting between now and the games, the other guy's already great at squatting, you you might go instead of coming twentieth in that event, you might come fifteenth or eighteenth. You know, you'll make six different points. However, if your knees are non functioning for the entire weekend, then all of a sudden there's events that you could potentially do really well at that you're going to lose yeah, points at. Definitely. For
0: sure. And if your brain's fried through a six month oh, period of training and you put too much, 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 much pressure on yourself, you're, you're useless frustra- to anyone. It's just frustrating. You know? it is frustrating. Like
1: for, there was a period of time, like we were saying, I guess we stopped at kind of 2014. 2015 came around, regional. and I was just in such a shitty place mentally because, you know, I had this. I had a fucked back end of the, the year 2014, I had a bunch of shit going on in my personal life. And then a bunch of shit at the start of 2015 as well. And like, I was in like a legitimately terrible place mentally, like a terrible, terrible place. You can ask anyone that I'm close to. I almost pulled out of regionals 2015, the week mm. of because I had such hectic shit going on in my personal life that I was, and because I had all this, a lot of, not all of it, but then some of it was added to, by this pressure that I'd put on myself that, you know, you made the CrossFit Games last year. You must make the CrossFit Games again this year. If you don't make the CrossFit Games this year, well, you're what a failure. the fuck? Like, how, like, what do you do? Yep. And, um, yeah, I was just in such a, such a bad way. And I think even off the back of the games, like the frustration that went with not being able to train properly and stuff like that and just all the shit you go through and you kind of learn about yourself when you're not able to do, you know, to do what? A, what, I think, uh, 2015. It wasn't something that I loved anymore. It was I saw it as a chore. Mm. You know, this beautiful thing that had been this this outlet for me and this this kind of positive thing uh, on my sort of mental, I guess, mental health was was now a source of frustration and a source of a, a difficulty because I wasn't enjoying it. And you know, it became especially off the back of the games and stuff being injured. It became like. I couldn't this thing that used to be a positive outlet became a negative And therefore like what else have you got to do? So I was just partying and like yep. drinking and shit and that was kind of my only like that was my outlet.
0: Yep. And when training used to be used to be, when training used to be
1: And now I'm at this point in time where i'm incredibly lucky that i'm injury f- i'm training i'm able to train the full spectrum for the first time in as long as i can remember mm-hmm. like i can squat when i want to squat i can pull from the floor when i want to pull i can go overhead like i can my whole body is working yep. to the extent that i'm able to train i can get center program and i can do it i don't have to be like oh, my knees are too banged up i can't squat consistently and you know my body's in a good place and it's so nice and I'm enjoying training so much. I kind of set myself that goal after regionals, particularly this year. Uh, I remember this year, like sitting in sixth after day two, I'd never found myself outside the top qualifying position going into day three every the last two years I'd qualified. Yep. Particularly last year, me and Rob were so far ahead that it was kind of, I got to take my foot off the pedal, mm-hmm. the accelerator to an extent on the final day. Um, which was which was lovely, but at the same time, so I found myself in this position. I was like, well, you can't take it for granted anymore. Like the fact that you're going to the games is a, is, is a, is a gift and a privilege and it's something that should be enjoyed, particularly the training for it. I mean, I get to do cool shit. I get to go and
0: like, paddle aboard or go for mm, a run sure. to the yeah. bush you know. and like just you come in out. and hang out with your mates and yeah. put some fun Do music on so you, you obviously you see it on your Instagram and your social medias people are drawn to you I think because you have fun w- with what you're doing well, that's you don't the take thing. yourself too seriously post, you, you don't take yourself too seriously you know and that's what that's like me walking into the gym it's my happy place 100% mm. and I, I used to have a football club now I have a weightlifting club and it's but like you say when there's times that I've been through as well with football with weightlifting with whatever when it becomes a chore and then you're like, well, where the fuck's my happy place now? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. And Definitely. I
1: do, like like, like that, you talked about it when you did your intro thing, that Beyonce single ladies video exists for the pure, like this, I didn't create that video to put on Instagram. I didn't go, I'm going to do a dance then I'm going to lift that bar. This is going to go viral. I was rolling the camera, filming a lift and I'd been dancing around the gym anyway and I just danced on over, lifted the bar and then danced off. Like that's just how... Yeah we would train and the thing was when I say that training was a negative it wasn't always there were sessions like that that were just awesome and things felt good and I was having fun but then as soon as anything kind of went wrong and the frustration of having these ongoing injuries took place that's when I would just start to beat myself up mentally as well and it just became a negative so I that like absolutely. right now man it's just awesome I'm loving training I have absolutely no expectation on how I'm going to go at the games I you know I don't, um, like, I have no desire. I'm not going to win the CrossFit game. I'll tell you that right now. I'll probably never win it because I don't have that pressing desire mm. to win it. I just want to enjoy the opportunity that I have to represent myself, my gym, my country, uh, and all the uh, and my fans and followers, I guess, if you will, uh, like, on the world stage, doing something I love. And the opportunity that I get, the opportunities they I get off the back of that to then... You know, to, to to go over and about, it's it's, fu- it's fucking exercise at the yeah, end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. like, it's, yeah. it's really fucking fast exercise. It's really fast. fast
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it, sometimes it's quick. Yeah, it's it's quick sometimes fast. it's really quick slow though as well. Sometimes it's really slow <laughs> and tedious. There's yeah. like
1: people running on a treadmill for eight minutes is not that enjoyable. <laughs> no. <laughs> um That's
2: the thing though, you know, um you said it really well just then. I mean, the best people in the world are the best people in the world because they're fucking obsessed about it. Yeah. And irrespective of whether they enjoy the process or not, it doesn't matter. They have to win. I mean, I'm just reading Michael Jordan's book at the moment and he was a dickhead for a lot of it because he just had to win and there was just no other side to it. I really wanted to touch on... The point you were talking about about finding that mental relaxation and all that sort of stuff. Are there any exactly sort of, what I was about to you just jump in as into well. that one? I'm going to jump in there first. No,
1: go, go. No, are there are any sort of, you can both jump into me. We'll jump in the same time. Yeah, <laughs> this is right, really yeah. starting. We're not seeing, each other. We're not, <laughs> seeing <laughs> each other. we're not seeing <laughs> each other
2: for the worst. Everybody, uh, <laughs> pants are all still on. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to to hit home about some of the things you you may do. I mean, Bill and I are um, super into meditating and all that sort of stuff. Do you? Do you meditate? Do you do mindfulness? Do you, do, you, do you have a specific thing that works for you to to, to relax, to switch off?
1: So I, I I've I, tried meditation and I've tried mindfulness. Um, I'm so medically diagnosed with bipolar and severe, severe anxiety. So for me to switch off, it's kind of, if I try to sit there and meditate, so I've like my anxiety is so severe and like my par- partners that I've had in the stuff in the past and, like family will tell you, if I'm trying to go to, there's times where I won't get to sleep until like seven in the morning. I just don't sleep. And the more I try to relax, the less relaxed I get. So I really have to do things to stimulate myself, but in a pretty simple way to switch off. And that's for me, like quite, quite, a, I'm still figuring out how to do that. Like there are times and there's awesome moments where I can Really chill out, but med- meditation and mindfulness. I wish I could sit here and go, yeah, like it's beautiful. Mm. And, you know, I've tried it. I've tried fucking. I've tried apps. I've tried mm. every sort of thing under the sun, and it it doesn't work. Like I don't switch off. Like, mm. like I, I it, the more I try to meditate and clear my mind, the more my mind just goes, well, we're not doing anything right now. More frustrated. The more frustrated, <laughs> the more frustrated, <laughs> I'm the more frustrated you fuck get. You up. Yeah, and then like yeah. everything just goes to shit. I think. Wow. So Some of the best things that I've found is like, I, like conversation is just something so simple, like having a conversation with someone where you just get so immersed in that person, you know, and it can be, you know, when you get, when I talk about getting immersed into a person, like anything where you become completely immersed in a moment. And for me, there is a beautiful, there is a beautiful thing that happens before I compete and I can't I've sometimes that happens in the gym, but very rarely. And it's that kind of point in time before, um, like when you're in the start mat in a competition and they say athletes stand by from when they say athletes stand by to go, you are completely and totally invested in nothing but what's about to present. happen. Yep, you're yeah. present totally present. So irrespective and, and it's a task at hand. It's not you're not invested in trying to relax. You're invested in a task that you have to take part in immediately following them saying go so when that that point in time is one of the beautiful things you know and I get you know you know I love you know there's been definitely uh destructive ways that I've sort of sought out trying to to switch things off in my head you know be that you know alcohol or partying or even like you know chicks like there's there's been destructive means of doing that but yeah I guess I'm still trying to figure out I do I love listening to I've sort of recently started listening to podcasts reading and I still write. I mean, if you scroll through the notes section of my phone, there is just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things that I've just written because sometimes when my head's going so fast, I'll just stream of consciousness, put it onto paper Mm, and that actually sometimes really helps calm me down and it gives me something to focus. So if anything, that would be, I guess that's probably the main one, but yeah, and it's super know.
2: unique to, to you as well. Yeah, I mean, awesome. if
1: you read some of the stuff, you'd probably go, "Fuck! Someone needs to put this book in a bin, Looney <laughs> Bin." But some of it's actually quite you know, beautiful but, and poetic as well. But that's yep.
0: part of the see. It's myself and Tommy have both struggled with anxiety as well. Yeah. Tommy, Tommy has um, he, he can explain it. He has totally different anxiety. Me, me, it's social anxiety. I feel like uh, I'm going to say something stupid in the room. Yeah. Um, somebody's bigger and more boisterous than me. I go into my shell and I start thinking things over. The, Tommy's is different things like death and stuff yeah probably
2: more probably more like irrational fears um that have just engulfed me a lot and um you know things where it's like i kind of felt when i when i was going through the worst of it it was kind of like oh i I don't feel like i can open up about this to anyone because it's so so silly bizarre like why would i have a fear about like eternal suffering after death and that that is such
1: a such a kind of prevalent that's a huge thing that i've really shifted what i want to do with, I guess, the platform that I've been given through being an athlete. And when I said before, um, we sort of stopped, it's just exercise and there's more to that. I'm realizing now that the thing that this this has given me isn't a mechanism, you know, going to the games isn't a means for me of winning the CrossFit Games. It's a means for me being able to, like, reach out and speak to people about things like mm. mental health, mm. particularly in guys. Where, like you just nailed it. You don't want to talk about that because you see it as being somehow – emasculating mm. and yet all of a sudden you've got these guys competing in this really sort of hyper-masculine sport They go, no, it's actually okay to be fucking not okay. Raguel. Yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah.
0: You know what, the, what I was meaning to touch on with with um, before um, we got on a little tangent again is with, with your um, journaling or whatever you're putting your notes in, it's like when you go and speak to someone about the fears that you have inside of your head and you verbalize it or you write it down and you look mm. at it and you go, fuck, that is silly. Yeah. You know, you being able to read it and see it in words and or speak it to somebody else and actually you, it puts it into perspective and you go, why the fuck am I really thinking like that? And it can kind yeah. of alleviate the pressure a little bit. Well, it almost and, removes you. For me, I
1: feel like sometimes it, it, it can be as simple as so a lot of my particular, my anxiety is kind of twofold. It's like that sort of social and, and people sort of have this perception. That I'm this really outgoing. You have the exact like same like yeah.
0: perception as me. Yeah. People we all, all, we all heard the same thing. People, yeah, people yeah. are like, oh my god, you never would have thought I'm like, yeah. Yeah, but you don't know yeah. inside fucking my head. Like, and
1: often people will come across and go, like, you're actually quite rude and quite arrogant. And I'm like, I'm not. I just I feel uncomfortable. I might know someone.
0: I've listened. To, I've just cut you off. I had the same thing happen to me. I've been called arrogant plenty of times. Once we spoke about this on the show. We spoke about this on the podcast because I didn't wave to somebody on the yeah. other side of the road when I was little. And it, what was going through my head is, oh, I wonder if they're going to wave. I wonder if they can see me. Oh, they didn't see me. Fucking hell. <laughs> tea, i used yeah. to
1: avoid going to like shopping centers and stuff where i knew i might see people i kind of know yeah because then i'd be in that awkward situation yeah where I was you like, don't know where that. oh do i do i make conversation with this person but my conversation what if it's weird like what if the conversation is weird and they think i'm weird so i'd like purposefully That's remove fucked, myself from that or i would like fucked. go like i've had people say before i like go to a friend's gym or something like that and maybe like not introduce, like not go and introduce myself or go and say hello and stuff to people that I may have met once or twice before. But what they don't want to say is like, I'm super duper shy like that and always have been. And it's this kind of like... Yeah, people's perception is, you know, people create these perceptions and then once those perceptions exist as well and you're aware of these perceptions people have of you, fuck, that just makes resonates worse, around it? and around oh, in there and around. You're like, fuck, now am I even more weird because <laughs> yeah. I'm not speaking to them and now I'm awkwardly making conversations yeah, yeah, to make right. myself not seem arrogant? Yeah, it's, fuck, it's this vicious cycle. But oh, it's this shot. thing that, like, we're all sitting here talking about the same thing and it's something that I'm so passionate about because there are probably – Hundreds of people listening to this going, fuck, I feel like that as well. But never even open their mouths about it Mm -hmm. because they think it sounds so illogical and stupid. We we idolize these figures of of traditional masculinity that exude this confidence and they've got everything going for them and all their ducks are in a row and they're so... Self-conf- like self conf like self-assured. We
0: look at still images or, or, yeah, or, well, or forty-eight minutes of play or two hours of. We see that of those people as yeah. well. Yeah, you exactly. Know, it's the same. Right. It's the same fucking problem. You don't see inside of their head and what, what they've and been. You, you you
2: I guess you make up what they what you perceive them to be, and it's completely clearly mm. uh,
1: not not true. And uh, mate, like I'm completely guilty of it as well, and have been. I mean, I've I I do pride myself on trying to be as open as possible as I can through social media. But there's also, I mean, when you look at when I first started using social media, you know, I said before, I have like a a background in the comms industry and I understand marketing and journalism, but there is an element of this is advertising effectively a brand, which is me. So yeah, you're going to give them a glimpse behind the glass, but at the same time, it's still such a kind of small scope, this kind of tiny little piece of a person that people are seeing and basing these wild assumptions and perceptions off and yeah, I think that you know it can be a very dangerous world to get caught up in, and it's something that now might like you know hugely what I want to do moving forward as 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 I guess not an athlete so much as as someone that has a platform with
0: an audience mm.
1: yeah. is is to talk about that because it's so important and it is so much bigger than exercise. Yeah, and that's a huge realization that I've made through my own journey with mental health and. And it's an ongoing journey. It's not something that I would necessarily say is completely, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm like fucking good. Like Mm. I'm all good to go. I mean, only a week ago I was so run down because I I wasn't getting to bed until like seven in the morning and asked the chick that I'm seeing at the moment, like, I, I have physical... Like, my anxiety attacks can be so bad that I'll physically fit in bed, like, laying there and I can't... Like, it can be so, so, so bad that I just don't sleep for for hours and hours and hours and hours. It's fucked, man. Yeah. And, it's- and so, it's definitely not better... But, you know, it's it's that openness and acceptance of it and, and how you deal with it is such a pivotal part of the recovery process. And it's the part that most people even don't even start on that journey and they just accept it. And, you know, that's why you look at, fuck, there's staggering statistics out there. You know the rate of mental, the incidence of mental health issues documented in women, are like double that of men. Yet men are three times, three to one, killing themselves yeah, to chicks. Now, course. why do you think my grandfather,
0: is? my grandfather killed himself? Yeah, his father before him killed himself. My, I have family members that I won't name that are very, very, very. But the good thing is, the good thing is, it's much more. Sp- but it's much more highly spoken about in this day and age than it was. I had, I took my grandma... Still isn't to, there yet? Yeah? No, nah, it's but not. But it, it is yeah. getting there. It's it not. is getting I had, there, yeah. I had lunch with my... I stayed down in Mornington the other day um, outside of the city of Melbourne, basically. And I crashed at my nan, had a party going on or whatever. And the next day, I took her out to lunch, caught up with my nan and stuff. And Your that's nan my, had a party going on? That's my nan. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my nan that... <laughs> Raging. That, that's cool. my, that's <laughs> my nan that, my, that lost my grandpa from to killing himself. Yes. And I had a really good chat with her. And she says, because my grandpa was the same, he was like, Captain of his uh, of school footy, he he didn't get to play um, any sport as a as an adult because his father took him and made him work from fourteen years old. But he was captain of the footy team, captain of the cricket team. He looked like um, Anthony Koutafetis, like mm. he's like, a uh, AFL I footy don't know who that is. But like yeah. a Greek god, like really gotcha. jacked, brown skin, most gregarious, outgoing dude you ever meet. But my. Grandmother said that it was two sides. Like everybody, it was like his his persona out in the out in the open, and then he would come home and he would switch off and he would be a fucking shell of himself. Absolutely. And the problem was that she said that he was medicated from thirty five till he took his own life, and then. But the thing was, she said he couldn't ever speak about it to his mates mm. because it would be oh, like that you say. Time in, as well, would have just been completely. And that particularly time, yeah. when you've got this persona, and this is the issue as well.
1: If you have this persona, that's kind of this like you said, this, this, these these ideals that society puts out there that are the ideal man and you're exuding them and you're being praised for them and all of a sudden you start to define yourself by these qualities that society kind of give to you and say, hey, you've got this, you, you are that. Then all of a sudden that becomes even more, more difficult to talk about it. And even things like you know that outgoing gregarious sort of personality becomes this mask that you get really good at wearing when you're in front of people because that's what people respond yeah, to because that's what they you know, expect. That, that just that, beats yeah. you up even more. Because all of a sudden now you're living this lie to the masses that you have to kind of keep up. Fuck and that's going to eat you up and eat you up and eat you up and eat you up. Yeah. And then it just gets worse. But I, medication as well. I mean, the meds that I've been on. So I started, I have had mental health issues for as long as I can remember now. I'm like, We now know that it's, um, been, well, it's been diagnosed bipolar and severe anxiety. So with the, I was diagnosed with bipolar three days before regionals last year. That's the reason I was going to pull out. I was like, this is fucked. I was going to be told I have to go on medication. Wow. And so I started that medication cycle, which I, I'm not on anything at the moment because it was just stuff fucks you up, man. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like, yep.
1: It was, I would take this stuff and I would just, it was just a walking zombie. I feel yeah. like I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was pull over my car once driving home from there. I came into the gym and I couldn't stay awake. And my business partner every time I was like, you just need to go home. Like you're fucked. So I left. And I had to pull over, and I was living in Glebe, and this gym here is in. So it's like a less than ten minute drive. I had to pull over on the way home because I could could not keep my eyes open, and that was a point in time where I was like, "There's something. This is not like this isn't helping. This is yeah. just making it worse because now I can't fucking function." So it's, this is, and then, but that's the thing. Like you kind of medication is seen as well. You go on the meds because that's a way to deal with it. Because society hasn't quite accepted, you know, a group of guys sitting down in a room and just being like, oh, yeah, you know, like if someone's got, you know, heaven forbid that I compare this to anything terrible, but if someone's got a broken arm and their arm hurts and you wouldn't say to that person, hey, man, can you carry this huge box of uh, whatever, this box of bricks for me? Um, definitely you, you just wouldn't even do it and if they wanted to sit down like fuck my arm is so sore you are like I wouldn't be carrying a fucking you box a, of bricks yeah. or have anyone a broken arm. <laughs> yeah that's like, right that sucks you have that injury yeah. yep. and it's not seen like that anymore like I even have a very close friend of mine that I was like talking to at one point in time and, we, and like I was just talking about stuff and he said you know I was like I, and he still is a very close friend of mine I just understand his perception he said I don't believe that mental health is a real thing I think it's all in your head. I think that it's something that you, you know, can be diagnosed with. But I think you can just get over it. And I was like, "Fuck!" Like, how rough is that? When this yeah. is one of my, yeah. my really close friends is point blank telling me that they think that the shit that's going on inside my head doesn't actually exist. Yeah. It's just my own doing. It's the whole thing. And I was just like, like, "Holy fuck, man!" Like, that's that's still the prevailing sort of sentiment for the majority of guys out it's there. It's just me. <laughs> oh, you're depressed, I you? <laughs> Have a beer, mate. You'll yeah. be fine. You'll yeah. be fine. Have a laugh. Come on. Come, yeah. come, have a come, laugh. Come, I, mean, come like I, don't, I don't think it's that bad. And and like this guy, like- It's you definitely know, getting but better, it's, but it's, it's still- it's still so far from where it could be, where it's mm. just kind of accepted that it's the same as if, you know, you've got someone that's, you know, a diabetic and needs to take insulin. That doesn't change them as a person. They just have to do that. If you've got someone that has a mental health issue and they might need a little bit of them time or they might have a few quirks that they've got to kind of deal with and that sort of thing, then- But that's just normal, and it's something that you can be open and speak about, and that's where I think that society really needs to have that huge cultural shift, because without it, like we're just going to keep going two steps forward, one step back.
2: And I guess it's like this is a very general thing to say, but I will say it anyway. I guess it's like every every person's like Bill just said before every person, all of our anxieties are obviously very different to each other, but um, it's that having that understanding that. Anxiety is still anxiety. If you're freaking out about something, you're you're in the same boat as me. You're in the same yeah, boat as you. Exactly you know, right. it's just like, what do we do? What's the next moving? What's the next step forward? Definitely
1: interesting. All right, now so- that was a tangent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So, was your training going anyway? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so all that said, now training is yeah, becoming an right. enjoyable thing for me again, which is brilliant because it means I'm not going out and sinking piss like a madman all the time, and you know, whatever chasing skirt like I'm just I'm I'm happy training which again. are all still so, that's good, good, good
0: parts of a uh, well I still do go lot. out yeah. don't get me wrong I still do go out and sink piss like a man yeah, from time to uh, time More than that good. I have a
1: party this <laughs> weekend I had a party last week was great but yeah. at the same time now it's yeah it's less of a it's less of a means of escape uh, which is a very dangerous way to be viewing things mm. like binge drinking and partying Yeah. Uh, for sure. that's kind of your way of switching off you know that becomes you yeah know, it's The healthy, addiction, addiction, healthy, addiction, 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 it's healthy gone, is yeah. used as
2: an escape and whatever that is it can be beer it can be exercise it can be, it can be de- detrimental should we do some GBS let's do it mate alrighty so oh these are those these <laughs> are those fine. segments mate <laughs> so something good something bad and then something sciencey what, are we, what did I write for the good oh here we go okay the cabs are you, a, are you an MBA man <laughs>
1: Mate, to be completely honest with you, I'm not. Okay. There's very few sports that I watch. Uh, to, to be completely I love the rugby, yep. and I watch the surfing, and that's probably about it. Well, that's okay
2: because uh, I haven't really written a whole lot here. <laughs> I just
1: brought the Cavs up. <laughs> um, I'll
2: uh, I'll flick it over. This is a this is a fucking bizarre tangent, but I really want to hit the nail on the head on this one. So I'll give you some uh, sim facts, and then I'll ask my question. The Cavs were the first team to rally from a three to one deficit to win the NBA Finals. That is true, Doc.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Good.
2: Both Kyrie Irving and LeBron James join an esteemed group of becoming the third and fourth players to win a final at their originally drafted club out of 33 past players. That is
0: correct? I assume so, mate. That's good. (laughs) If you've done the record. Yes. Excellent. (laughs) Correct. Now,
2: my question is, you know how those fuckers call themselves world champions? Yeah. Why is that?
1: Well, it's because because let's be honest, they're arrogant any Americans. Any other basketball team, that beat them.
2: look theoretically they're world champions.
1: Theoretically, but you also you're also missing the point that America is the world to Americans. That is true. That is very like, so true. Yeah, it's America <laughs> and then a bunch of other stuff floating around in the American ocean.
2: Yeah. To all our American listeners, we uh, we uh, don't, no, don't agree with that at all. I spend most <laughs> of the time. Oh, yeah, I spend a
0: great deal of time in <laughs> America. I do love America. We love you guys. Taking we
1: love, the love piss. you.
0: Australia can't to get, oh, can get oh, shot oh, as soon as he gets to America. I'm going to get off the plane
2: and there's just going to be people standing there.
1: Enough issues Bitch getting four costumes <laughs> with the name Khan <laughs> and a an g- tattoo on my <laughs> neck. Yeah. Where are you from, sir? The Australia. You've been from Pakistan, aren't you? <laughs> what, what about um, Pakistan? Yeah.
0: What about my mate? One of my mates. Uh, one of my mates asked me once, Khan, where I was from in Australia, mm. and and um, no, it started with um, started with me asking him where where he was from in the states. He was from Maine, which yep. is like upstate New York. Yeah, so yeah. Pretty Close much, to Canada, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It? I can pretty cold. much point the the rough region of the states to where Maine is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never been there, but and um. And he asked me, he, he came back to me, he's like, and where are you from, Bill? We're, we're about to, whereabouts in Australia are you from? I said, uh, I'm from, uh, from Melbourne, actually. And he goes, Melbourne? Is that like Sydney? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that kind of just not as yes, good? Yes, it is. <laughs> hey, hang on a second, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: thought that one was going to slide through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, we'll give it to you. All
2: righty. Right. The band. Texan woman <laughs> speaks like Mary Poppins after operation to fix her overbite. Born and bred Texan, Lisa Alabama. Oh, Is that a got that. Wrong. mate? Born and bred Texan, yeah, Lisa This sounds like Alania. a made up story that you're <laughs> yeah, trying to right. tell us now to sound Mary cool. Mary Poppins. <laughs> um, okay, so apparently this, uh, this chick, six months ago, was a mum of three. She underwent surgery to correct an overbite. And when she woke up from anesthesia... The Texan draw was gone and it was replaced with a British accent. It's
1: wow, pretty strange. bullshit straight away. Yeah,
2: that's right. That didn't happen. Well,
1: it was, <laughs> She yeah. just likes Mary Poppins. Yeah, so now just loves it. it. Yeah.
2: Oh, hello. The operation left the 33-year-old Rosenberg native suffering a rare neurological disorder medics say has affected less than 100 people worldwide in the last 100 years. She said, quote, unquote, people, don't, people who don't know me, they're like, hey, hang on, <clears throat> I'll get the accent right. People who don't know me, they're like, hey, speak like that where now. are you from? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> People who don't know me, they're like, where are you from? Lisa said, oh, just a spoonful of sugar. So, my question to you guys was. If uh, you could have anyone's voice in the world, who would it be and why? Now, Morgan. Mine's Morgan Freeman.
1: Oh, fuck you. I was just I say that. Can you do a Morgan Freeman That's impersonation? a good voice. I, there's nothing great, Morgan Freeman like. Look at that couch over there. I wish I could say that the Monopoly man thought the good fight. <laughs> the sisters good. left him alone.
2: Sounds a little less black. <laughs> yeah, well, so the, Sounds I like he's got a cold or something. Do you know what?
1: Here's why. I would <laughs> have like... Uh John Legends. So I could just oh, yeah. serenade chicks <laughs> with my I mean can you imagine that if you just walked oh. into a room and you could sing like John Legend? And I was like, Oh, you're like kinda cute, what do you want to do? Like, it? <laughs> yeah. like, oh my <laughs> god. It off as quick as you, think. Yeah. you wouldn't even have to buy you would never buy another drink in your life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so true. You I could I'd sing take... that Mary had a little lamb if <laughs> yeah. you sounded like John Legend and that girl is going home with you. Yeah. I reckon I'd take a nice Jamaican accent. You know, the dude, you know from like oh, cool, cool runnings. You know, what? you know like, right, well, what about, you know the scene in Cool Runnings where they 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 stack and then <laughs> the, the guy I don't know which charm character what his character name was, but when he goes, "Hey, Sunker! <laughs> You're dead, man. You know that guy? <laughs> I'll be I that know guy. Him. That's I good. Know I'll be that guy. But
2: you kind of already were that guy. I was say, you, you just put that voice on. Is the cool just
1: talk like that. From Mary Poppins lady was able to do it. I can talk
0: like that. What you can <laughs> no, do is go, go, in a, okay. go in for
1: for like, a, you know, break your arm on purpose. going to get your uh, surgery on your arm and just come like, like this weird disease that happened to this woman. I don't know what's going on, Can you do the Jamaican for do You know
2: talk like this. Can you fix my and do the Jamaican? you You know all about Dior. All right. Final one the science. China unveils the fastest supercomputer in the world. So, the crown for the fastest supercomputer remains in China with Sunway Tahihu Light, I believe that's a regional dialect, taking the top spot from Tahini 2. The new system is able to do almost three times more operations per second. So, uh, so this got me thinking. There are a fair few people out there that uh, that aren't in relationships and uh, obviously have to uh, look towards other means to uh, to satisfy themselves. Um, with a supercomputer like this, I'm just wondering whether or not it could prove to be a little less helpful in the long run, if you get what I'm alluding to, Bill. They're gonna look up tons of porn with a really fast computer.
1: <laughs> Is I didn't
2: it a way you were going or a good <laughs> thing? Like the computer
1: I mean let's <laughs> oh, be honest, in three the computer? Guys sitting yeah. in a room like That's right. You can watch at it porn now, now <laughs> yeah, and right. it's at a
0: reasonable speed. <laughs> I watch no porn. I'll watch porn at fucking three three pixels. Yeah. <laughs> I watch. All I remember <laughs> the it's very like, first. at you know, look look that beige color. I
1: remember. The, this is the funniest. This is a great segue. <laughs> A great little tangent I remember at high school Like the first one Of all of our mates That got a colour picture phone Yeah And there was this one website That you could look at Like phone porn on, on On like these old Fucking I don't even know What phone it was And we used to take turns Borrowing this fucking phone. Oh, fuck. I got the phone for the next yeah, couple of nights. Fuck yeah! yeah. Mum, dad, lock the door. Right out. Yeah. But it was that good, and it was this pixelated. Like, wasn't no, even moving. I'm, dad. yeah. yeah. I'm double working. Like, you got
0: that phone again? This That's <laughs> so
1: good. But yeah, and I was uh. like, oh man, I remember that back in the day. And you fuck you, 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 you made it work. <laughs> yeah. So that was. So first, I don't think it episode. matters at all. Hey, I don't think the, this is going to change. This if, gonna you're be already, if you're already watching a shit ton of porn, you're already yeah, going to watch a shit right. ton of porn.
0: I was about to go to a segue of um, what was your first experience like uh, masturbating, but I think we should that fucking try. T- yeah, I mean, try, I mean, look, should we get back to... on
1: topics on this conversation? <laughs> yeah. I'm a very
0: open person. We're not going to speak
2: about that. Yeah, that's right. I'm open, but I'm not physically that open. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's um let's get back on track.
0: Sounds good, eh? That's it for the good, the bad. That is
2: the GBS, my friend. Enjoy. Yeah, it's good. Excellent. Interesting, interesting.
0: Variants. Oh, interesting. Variance. Interesting. all about Alrighty, gang. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that show, please support us. Um, ways you can do that is you can support us by subscribing on all good podcasting platforms. Uh, if that's the way you want to do it, maybe just, you know... Maybe do it, then just like <coughs> steal, you know, your mum's phone, your dad's phone, your brother's phone, whoever you're with. Maybe just even go into an iPhone store and <coughs> just you know open up their phones, hit subscribe. Uh, that'd be great. Just bumps up our numbers. Um, you know, fake downloads are as good as real downloads. Let's be honest. And um, yeah, you can also subscribe on YouTube uh, at Bill Kerr TV. Same deal. You know, borrow someone else's computer. Just. Set up a few fake Gmail accounts if you really want to, really want to support us and you know get as many subscribers across the line for us as you can, and uh, and also you can support us by supporting our sponsors. So True Protein, head to trueprotein.com.au, use the code BRO for 10% off. Head to forward slash bro for uh, anything cooler related and outdoor wear related. Yeti are the only place to go. And head to athena.co, A-T-H-Y-N-A for 20% off on staffing solution services. This has been Philosophy Through the Eyes of an Idiot. See you next week.